Hey guys, it's Tyler. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today where we talk faith, family, and focus in your life and your leadership. You know, juggling all of these things, it is so hard to keep track. Sometimes our heart can become so restless under the stress and the responsibility of all these facets of life. And that's why I wrote my book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. You can go to my website and get a free copy of that book, a free paperback copy of that book at tylerarobertson.com slash restless. So if you haven't done that yet, head on over to my website and do that. Grab a free copy of that book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to this episode of the Navigators Podcast, the podcast that equips men and women to steer the course of biblical Christianity in our culture today. Each week we discuss faith, family, and the trends that are sure to impact the local church. Join us as we study God's Word together. Men love darkness rather than light. That was the words that Jesus gave to Nicodemus. We've been studying in John chapter 3. We've been studying the four illustrations that Jesus used here in John. And it's amazing the pictures that Christ chose to use. We looked at, and you must be born again. We looked at the uh, the picture of birth, how that obviously is a picture of our spiritual birth in Jesus Christ. When we trust Jesus as our personal Savior, uh, then we are literally reborn. We are regened. We are made anew. And we looked at that. We looked at the works of the wind or the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps us and guides us through his word. And it's by his Holy Spirit bearing witness to our spirit that uh, we can be saved. It sheds light. The Holy Spirit sheds light on the gospel, sheds light on the truth of God's word, and shows us that we are a sinner and shows us that we need a savior. So we looked at that and the works of the wind. We looked at how we're all bitten by sin because Jesus, he uses the picture in verse 14, and Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the son of man be lifted up. No doubt Nicodemus knew exactly what Jesus was talking about and the story that Jesus was referring to and Moses lifting up the, the brass sermon and all that saw it, the head snake bites, would be healed. And he compared that to himself. He said, that's going to be like me. I will be lifted up. Son of man will be lifted up on the cross and all who look on him for salvation and put their faith and trust in him will be saved. And so we come now to the fourth illustration that Jesus uses. We're going to skip over verse 16, 17, and 18 for now. We'll get to those in just a couple weeks, which I'm excited about because it's such a simple, simple verse. Almost everybody knows, but yet we sometimes we just miss it, right? We just miss the simple truth of God's Word. So I'm looking at that. We're going to look at that in just a couple weeks. So skipping over that to the fourth illustration, we see in verse 19, this is what Jesus said. He says, And this is the condemnation, that the light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light. Why? Why do they love darkness? He tells us, because their deeds were evil. Does that describe our world today? Like, does that describe our culture? I don't know about you, but I think about our culture, and I am say amen to that. Because I feel like our culture is so centered around secrecy, centered around uh, uh, mystery. We want to keep things in secret. We want to. That's why crimes are done in alleyways at night in darkness. We've had 
uh, some trouble where we live. We've had some trouble with people breaking into things and stealing things. We've had trouble uh, at our church as well, and it's 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 a scary thing, honestly. Uh, but you know why uh, men choose the darkness to do their evil deeds because they don't want to be seen, right? They don't want uh, the truth to be revealed. And that is our world. Jesus said, he said, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. It goes on to say, verse 20, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved or proved out, and lest his deeds be shown, right? In verse 21, he says, but he hath or he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And Jesus was literally saying to Nicodemus, he was saying, this is the common condemnation. The light has come into the world. Hey, who's the light? I am the light. He is the light of the world. Jesus is the hope of all man. And he was saying, they don't want the light, me. They don't want the light, the truth, the word of God, me. Because Jesus was the word, right? They don't want the truth to come. Why? Because that will expose their evil deeds. I was telling somebody the other day, why do people have such a, we were talking about how people have such a hard time with their devotions. You know why we have a hard time reading God's word? It's because it shows us our evil deeds, right? It shows us the darkness inside of us. But so often what we do, instead of focusing on our the darkness in our own soul, the darkness in our own life, right, the sins that we struggle with, the besetting sins that keep making us fall, instead of focusing on that, what do we do? We fuss at the darkness going on out in the world, right? We fuss and we fume, we watch the news, we flip through the news channels and we say, well, bless God, look at how wicked these people are, right? Well, bless God, our world's just going to pot. I guess I'll just wait on the rapture. <laughs> That's our attitude, right? But, you know, I, one preacher, he put it this way. He said, I am more concerned about the darkness in me than I am the darkness in you. And I would have to second that. Uh, there's so much darkness in my own soul. The Bible says my heart is desperately wicked above all things, who can know it? Literally, my heart will lie to me if I let it. It is a deceiving thing. My heart wants to uh, to move on emotion. It wants to move and react to things instead of responding in the Holy Spirit. My heart will give me in a lot of trouble. And there's no doubt that there's darkness in the world, but there's darkness in me too. But for a few moments, instead of focusing on the darkness in our world, because we could do that, right? We could get, like I said, we could watch the news, we can get discouraged, and we could just sit down and say, well, get, I, I guess I'll just have to wait till Jesus comes back and gets me, right? And we could have that attitude, or we could focus on the light. Because by the way, the light, and go ahead and give it to you, the light has power over the darkness. There is no darkness that is too dark for light. If you go into the darkest cave that you can find and you light a match, the light is going to beat the darkness every single time. So let's look at a couple lights that God uses in our dark world. A couple lights. You say, what do you mean by lights? A couple things that God uses to shed light on his truth 
and to reveal himself to a dark world. Some things that he's given us as lights, as rays of truth in our dark world. Well, first of all, I think about the light of Christ, right? He is the light. The Bible says that he is our morning star. It's what Revelation calls him. Don't you love that? He's our morning star. There's nothing. The sun is so bright in the morning when it's when it's peaking right over the horizon and shedding light on everything that now was cold. You go to the beach and you put your feet in the sand at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be hot, right? But when that sun peaks up at the sunrise, when the light starts to show everything that all night long was dark, the crabs were out, you know, they were they were hunting or whatever they do, and they were finding them a meal. And you put your feet in that sand at night, what, it's, it's real nice and cool. What happens? That sun comes up in the sunset and begins to warm the sand. It begins to shed light on everything that was night. That is Christ. He is the morning star. The Bible says in John 8, Then spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus, the light of Christ, that is the greatest light of all. And there's no darkness that can outshadow his love, right? There's no evil that can overcome his light. No matter how hard men have tried, and let me tell you, men have tried. You look at the life of Jesus, and men have tried. They've tried to put out his light in the light of the gospel. They tried to kill him when he was a baby, if you remember, right? Herod had all the had all the Hebrew boys under two years old killed in an effort to try to kill this promised Messiah. The Pharisees during his earthly ministry sought to shut him up, constantly wanted to put him on a cross and did everything they could to try to pin him down, right? The grave tried to keep him dead, <laughs> but to no Avail. The darkness of death could not even hold Christ because what? Light always beats out the darkness. So the light that God gives us in a dark world is the light of Christ. Secondly, I think about the light of creation. You say, what do you mean by that? Creation speaks of to all people by revealing the power, order, and beauty of God's handiwork. It, it gives way to his precision, right? It shows his creation shows that there is a creator. It's his outdoor book. Just look at any place, uh, beautiful waterfalls of Fiji. Look at uh, uh, look at the Great Lakes. Look at the mist of the Smoky Mountains. Those things, those beautiful things that we see in nature, are testimony that there is a creator. We'll talk more about it in later episodes. We'll talk about creation, we'll talk about evolution, and we'll start diving into what people are starting to digest and believe as a culture. We'll start talking about that. Uh, But the light of creation, there is a light. When we look at creation, we see, hey, there must be a creator. If there's a design, there must be a designer. Isaiah 40 says, lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? That bringeth out their host by number. He called them all by names, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Hey, his, his creation testifies. It is a light to man that there is truth and that there is a God. So the light of Christ, the light of creation, 
And then I would say thirdly, the light of conscience. Light of conscience. So what do you what do you mean by that? In every man there is a ray of light. This light was although blackened by sin uh, from Adam, the first man. It is the express image of God implied upon man at the time of creation. You say, what do you mean by the image of God? You've seen that in Genesis. We are made after God's image. That that does not mean that man has a divine nature. If we had a divine nature, of course, we would be as God, but we are not as God. That was actually one of the lies of Satan in the garden. He said uh, to Eve, you'll be as God. We don't have a divine nature. We have a human nature. So the, the, the phrase that we see in Genesis, that we're made in the image of God, it doesn't mean that we are, dent, we are identical to God's nature, but we are made in his likeness. That means we look at God and we see a familiar pattern when we look at ourselves as mankind. The structure of our personhood is patterned after the heart of our creator. And we see that in Genesis one twenty seven. It's the triune image, right? Because God is, he's three in one, right? We call that the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But you're three in one as well, right? You're three in one, body, soul, and spirit. And so we see that same pattern in God's divine nature. We see that in our human nature. We see that in our personhood. And our existence is only satisfied. Let me tell you, our existence is only satisfied. Man is only satisfied by our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And every longing of our soul is met in his favor. You know, there's nothing there's nothing that I can accomplish. There's nothing that I could reach for that's truly going to satisfy my soul. There's nothing that I could try to work up. There's nothing that I could try to build that is going uh, to satisfy me like my creator God will satisfy me. And this is the light that God gives every man. He gives us, and when we even look at how we are made and how we function, and being a triune being, it bears witness of the fact that there's a creator, there's a God. So we see the light of Christ, his greatest light of all, the light of creation. We see God's outdoor book, the light of conscience. Uh, We look at ourselves and we are a triune image. God is also triune. And we see that that is a light that God uses to say, hey, if we are the creature, then there must be a creator. And then we see the light of his commandments. And I think this is one of the greatest lights of all that God gives us. One of the greatest lights of all. It's his word. And the word of God is not just a list of do's and don'ts. Because a lot of people think that. A lot of people think the word of God is just do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. Right? But no, the word of God is God's character and his heart in written form. And his word, the Bible says, it's profitable for us. It sheds light on things that are dark. It gives truth to things that are hidden by the darkness of sin. The Bible says, Psalms 119, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's amazing, as I said earlier, how much a little light, a little small lamp can put off in a completely dark room. And that is the power that God says, hey, that's the power of my word. It's profitable for you. We'll talk more about this later on, but 2 Timothy talks about this. talks about how it is profitable. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. If you have a profit on something, 
Okay, that means you invested a certain amount and you exceeded that investment. You got a return on investment, right? You get a return on something. You make a profit. Well, the Word of God, it is profitable to to you. If you put in the investment, it's going to bring forth fruit in your life, right? But how is it profitable to us? Well, 2 Timothy tells us, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. What is doctrine? That's scary stuff, right? No. Doctrine is teaching, simply teaching. For doctrine, for reproof, that kind of looks like the word prove, right? Looks like the word prove. It literally... The Word of God helps us to prove what is right and what is wrong. If I had a yardstick with me right now, that would be a standard or a measurement, right? I would be able to measure something like my computer screen, how long my computer screen is, how tall it is, or my desk, whatever it may be. How would I do that? I would do that with a measurement, with some type of standard. Well, the Word of God for us is a standard. It is something we can take. It's the standard of truth that we can take and hold up to the claims of the world and say, that's right or that's wrong. We can look and see what a politician says and we can we can say, oh, that's right or no, that's wrong. The word of God, it helps us to prove what is right and what is wrong. So it's profitable for doctrine, for a proof, for correction. That's real fun, right? We all like we all loved as a kid to get whippings, right? <laughs> and I think we probably should go back to some more of that in today's generation, right? And my mom used to have, okay, you know those things? <laughs> you know those things uh, that you use to twist to open and close your blinds? Yeah. Imagine that right there, okay? My mom would probably be put in prison if I wasn't already grown by now, all right? And uh, and she used to whip me with that thing, and she didn't let up with that thing either. And I remember one time I got real smart, and I put my wallet in my back pocket. And man, that was not smart. That was, nope, not a good day. Not a good day. I think I was standing up tall for like three weeks. No, not really. But it it didn't feel good, that's for sure. Right? We, we don't like to be spanked. We don't like to be told that we're wrong. But the Word of God, what does it do? It corrects us. It makes corrections, but there's a good side to correction as well, isn't there? There is a good side, yeah. Because what about when you left your house this morning? Did you look at a mirror? Well, why'd you do that? Why'd you look at a mirror? Because you wanted to correct if there was something wrong. You want to make sure you didn't have a booger sticking out of your, out of your nose, right? Or make sure your hair uh, wasn't sticking up in the back. So correction is good. It helps you meet the standard. And in this case, what is it? It's the standard of the Word of God. So it's profitable for us for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. What is that? Well, that's the light. That's the lamp, right? A lamp is something that gives you enough light to take the next step. That's instruction. It's instruction. It tells you, hey, this is where you should go. The Bible says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How do we know what the Lord says? Because we have his word. So if we rely on his word to shed light on truth and to give us the next step, then God is going to bless us and we're going to bring forth spiritual fruit as a result of his word. So the light of Christ, we see that. We see the light of creation. We see the light of conscience. We see the light of his commandments or his word. 
hey, there's so much more light that we like to give God credit for in our world. Instead of sitting on our lazy boy and complaining about how dark our world is, why don't we learn to realize that God has given us these lights, these things that we can give to the world, right? Because we can give Christ and the gospel to the world. We can show them that, hey, if you are the creature, then there must be a creator. We can show them God's commandments and his word that sheds light on their soul and sheds light on the fact they need a savior. So instead of just focusing on how dark they are, why don't we give them light? And why don't we take the light where we go? As we'll see in a moment, the church is one of these lights that God gives us. So next week we'll talk about some more of these lights that God gives us in a dark world. Some more things that he gives to reveal his truth and to reveal himself. And in return, once we ex- once we realize the amazing things that God has given us, these lights that God has given us, then we can share them with the world and make our world all about Christ. Therefore, no more in darkness. Thank you for being our guest today on the Navigator Podcast. Please visit our website at tyleraroberson.com for helpful articles and other resources. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to read more articles, listen to more podcast episodes, or find more resources, you can go to tyleraroberson.com. tyleraroberson.com and subscribe to all of that. We would love to have you as a part of our community as we grow in our faith, family, and leadership focus.